Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another episode of the Dr. Will Show, where I interview educators and entrepreneurs on leveling up. Each episode, I zoom in someone who's dope, and we just sit back and have a conversation on how you can live your best life. Now, if this is your first time checking out the podcast, this is the Mobile University of Entrepreneurs, and I'm your host, Dr. Will. Now, today's guest, people, uh, I met him a long time ago on the campus of Tougaloo College. And when I got reconnected with him on Facebook, I was looking at what he was doing and I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know that he had this interest uh, while we were on campus together. And, uh, you know, I left uh, Tougaloo to actually pursue film. Uh, that was uh, definitely a passion of mine and did graduate with a degree in radio, television, and film uh, with the emphasis in film production. And we're talking today with Maximus Wright, who is not only a, a filmmaker, but he started the Jackson Film Festival. And we're gonna, and that's what we're here to talk about today, uh, because me being a lover of film and seeing, we all know about Hollywood, and then there's other pockets around the country where people are really shooting film. And Atlanta has really made a come up uh, over the past. Uh, 10 years and what Jamie is doing. Well, so Jamie, uh, that's why I knew it too. Uh, Maximus, what he's doing and uh, bring and trying to, you know, really bring Hollywood uh, to Jackson is awesome. And I would love to really see that happen and see more films uh, made that center around people uh, doing amazing things in the state. Uh, so for those who be listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Simplecast, Stitcher, Spotify, and Audible, will you please introduce yourself, Maximus? Oh, man, look, thank you for being here. And Will, when you've known me as long as you have, you have the right to call me whatever you want to call me. <laughs> uh, my name is Jamie Maximus Wright. You know, in the film world, most people know me as Maximus Wright. Uh, actually, my daughter is the cornerstone of both the name and the start to film. Uh, when my daughter was born, we named her Jamie Alexandria Wright. So uh, they had to start calling me something else, you know, because she was Jamie. And that was 25 years ago. Wow. That's probably about the last time me and you saw each other in person <laughs> was 25 years ago, at least. Uh, but when uh, she came to me at 13 and said, hey, dad, I'm going to have to leave Mississippi. And I'm going to have to leave Mississippi because I can't be on Disney if I live in Mississippi. And me being the father I am, I wanted her to stay with me until she was 40, you know. So I'm like, well, let's figure this out. So we start going to acting, these things for our audition. Uh, we started getting a little equipment and start shooting little stuff. I started doing stuff for to promote my stuff, hoping that it would create an environment for her to say, hey, I don't have to leave. I can We can build something here. So um, 10 years later, she's living in New York, and I found my call. And uh, and I've been here making films probably for almost seven, eight years. Wow, that is amazing. So when people, again, they think about the film industry, they don't think of Mississippi. Right. right? And the cool thing is that New Orleans is starting to do some, some amazing things as well. Can you tell us about the Jackson Film Festival and what attendees can expect to see? Well, you know, kind of jumping on the first part of what you said, when people don't typically think Mississippi when they think film, well, it's only because it hasn't been properly marketed. The first horror film I ever saw that made me not watch horror films to this day was a movie called The Beast Within. The Beast Within was filmed in Jackson. It was filmed in Jackson. When you start thinking about movies like Cadillac Records, you start thinking about Walk the Line, these are movies that were filmed here in Mississippi. The Mississippi Film Office is old as hip hop. Wow. It is 50 years old. It is one, it is like the second oldest film office in the world. Not in Mississippi, not in the United States, but in the world. So films have always come through Mississippi. We just didn't know about it. They didn't tell us about it. The North and South Saga. It was shot in, it was shot in Natchez. You know, there have been so many films that have been shot here that people just didn't know anything about. So what we're doing with the festival and what I'm doing with my work is that we're taking we're taking the covers off and say Mississippi should be the leaders in film. 
You can't talk entertainment without saying Mississippi. Greatest writers in the world come right here from Mississippi. There's no reason that the greatest screenwriters and movie makers should not come. We have dominated every other medium of entertainment. There's no reason why Mississippi should not be leading in this as well. And I believe it. And so the festival is my effort of saying, hey, if you're a rapper, let's start thinking about a soundtrack. If you are a novelist, let's start thinking about a screenplay. If you are a dope photographer, let's start thinking about being a, 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 a director of photography, a DP. So we're here training this ground, and the festival is part of the efforts of us making 100 filmmakers in the next seven years. Because if we want to change the narrative of how people view this state, it's going to take people like us telling the story. Mm. So the festival is a combination of bringing Hollywood to Mississippi, creating a training ground, and building the base of more independent filmmakers so we can be more entrepreneurial and we can take greater destiny of our own careers and the narrative of this state. I know I'm going to ask you later about your work uh, with young people, but I, I, I want to touch on something you just talked about because when I was in film school, what they said was when you're writing a screenplay, you want to write about what you know, right? right. You want to write about something that you can have that connection with and so whether you know and when you look around and you see where okay of Scorsese New York when you see uh Spike Lee born and raised New York except for his time uh at Morehouse his movies that he writes for the most part are in New York right and when you are looking at working with young people maybe you know uh whether it, it's uh, teenagers, maybe you get maybe you get a chance to talk to kids at the at the high school level or you at the colleges. How important is it for them to think about the stories that they can create about Mississippi? You know, bringing in their own personal experiences, their own connection to what we see, whether it's the food, the music, the scenery, to to where when they're writing about Mississippi, it is authentic. It is not them trying to say, "I'm in the film game." And, but I'm trying to write this romantic comedy that's, again, centered in California or in New York. Okay. Um, there are a couple of things that I hear when you ask that question. You know, I think that even when we talk about a Scorsese, which is, is a person I look up to, I look up to Scorsese, Casino, how he shot that change in my life as a filmmaker. You know, just how he sees and how he puts these grand scenes together visually and tell the story. And he's a great storyteller. I think he's just a great storyteller that just happened to be telling a story in Las Vegas. You know, I think Spike is a great storyteller that just happened to be telling great stories that happen to be based in New York. And those stories, even when you did, uh, when he was in Atlanta and he did um, um, Do the Right Thing, right? Uh, what was the school days? When did school mm -hmm. days, mm -hmm. you know, we were not in Atlanta, but we could identify with a college movie because that's where we were in life. You know, that Greek life, the, how the yards, you know, it was a culture that we could identify with based off our experiences. I think a good story is a good story no matter where you tell it from. And, and what I try to do with people that are writing screenplays, I'm saying tell your story. The fact that you tell your story and it happens to be in Mississippi just as a backdrop. You know, that backdrop is a human interest story. I don't care where it is. Beast of the Southern Wild. This was post-Katrina. This was people living in a decimated community. But man, to see the love that that man and his daughter, and they're just trying to survive, that, that was a human interest story. And I think we have the greatest storytellers that have ever lived. And But a lot of them just didn't know how to put these stories together. And I think when people start just telling our stories authentically, I think then we'll just see like, wow, Mississippi is not what you think it is. Mississippi is not this bad woods. I'm just trying to get people to tell their story. The fact that we're in Mississippi is just the added bonus, you know, and now we can have the truth about the spices and all the stuff that come along with being a Mississippi. So, but I think if we lead with, oh, we need to show Mississippi, I think we'd be taking the wrong approach. I think we need to take the approach to tell our story that just happened to be based in Mississippi. All right. Now, some people, a lot of people, I'm assuming, have never been 
to a film festival. So they are unaware of what happens. So right. when people are seeing this on the on the website and they're thinking, wow, this is some dope stuff. And the website is popping, by the way, people. You know, Appreciate going out, I was like, he is for real out here, people. He ain't playing games. Uh what are the some of the categories of the entries, right? That people that are available to filmmakers when they're are submitting their work. Um, and are there any specific themes that you're looking for from a filmmaker? What is the criteria that you have for selecting who will be able to be shown and not? Uh, well, uh, to keep it, you know, to keep it non-partial, I, I, do, I don't see anything. I'm not involved in the selecting process whatsoever. Uh, Dr. Candace Love Jackson, another Tougaloon, uh, she is the director of the festival itself. So she pretty much handles the submissions and she, we have judges in and outside the state across the country that judge these products. Uh, as far as what we're looking for, we're looking for, you know, whatever your project is, man, we're trying to get it out there. What I think we have kind of done uniquely now is that we've opened up a vision for TikTok because we see where the young people are going. These young people, you know, you old school filmmaker, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, the type of talent it takes to have to edit a project, you know, how to put a project together. These kids are doing it instinctively on TikTok. So we're going with that. We're opening uh, a door so they can do that. Uh, but we're getting submissions from all over the world now. You know, right. we have about three products from Canada. We have actually some Canadians are coming down to the festival this year. Uh, we've had them in uh, China, France, uh, Iran. So the festival has become taking on this regional approach because probably the bulk of our projects are coming out of Georgia, Texas, Tennessee, and uh, and of course Mississippi. So I had never gone to a festival. You know, I've never really gone to a festival. I think I went to Crossroads once, and what I kind of felt it was kind of like one of those festivals that was really for takings. You know, like if you were a film geek, that's what the festival was for. What we've tried to done it, do is we've made this more family oriented. This is the 45th anniversary of the Wiz. Uh, we're having a screening for the Wiz. And we are kind of like, you know something? There have been a lot of gatekeepers. We want to be the gateway. Mm. So come learn about this. You don't have to know this. If you just like watching movies, we got three days of independent films that you can watch for absolutely free. And if you want to learn how to get into this game, we got people that are going to show you how to pitch. We're going to show you people how to write. we got to deal stewards. You're going to show you how to act. So what we're doing is that I realize the consumer base is all the people who love movies. So why not make a festival that's friendly to them as opposed to excluding them? Mm. Wow. That is all right. I want, With the work you've been doing and really talking about people becoming storytellers first and using Mississippi uh, as their backdrop, backdrop. What impact have you been able to see with some of the young people that you've been, been able to work with? Are you seeing them go on to college to pursue a degree of film or are they, are you seeing them just pick up a camera and start doing the work? Uh, what, what is some of the, the, the long-term outcomes are you seeing? You know, when you said the question, I really thought about that. I was like, I don't know if I see it, you know, you know, I think we're so into it that I don't know if we see it yet. You know, there are certain stories that we're getting, like one young lady on my feature, she was a background extra, right? She was at Tougaloo and she graduated Tougaloo and went to New York Film School. She said, when I saw you on set, I knew what I wanted to be. And she went to become a screenwriter and check this out. Spike Lee was her instructor. Wow. She reached out to me last year, man. This this almost make me cry. She reached out to me last year to me, and she said, "Hey, can I? I'm coming home. Can we sit down and talk? You know, I want to have coffee." And we sat down, and she told me her story like I was an extra, and she was telling me about Spike Lee. She said, "But I want to come back and work with you." And you know, and I'm like, "Wait a minute, you know, I'm, I'm we're still building this thing. You know, hey, you got look, you got a real shot. You know what I'm saying?" And she said, "No." Nah. She said, "I said." By all means, baby, Spike Lee was your instructor. But she said, but you were the first black man I saw stand up and tell people what to do and direct. She said, and if I hadn't seen you, I would have never known this was possible for me. And I want to come back 
and give other young girls the same inspiration you gave me to let them know that this is possible. She just graduated, man, in May. Uh, she's going to be at the festival. Um, and, you know, so we have some of those stories, man. We have some of those stories. We we got this project where we have the HBCU in LA program. It's a program for any kid that is HBCU. If they have an interest in film and they can show proof of that, they can get an internship in New York and LA with Pixar, Disney, Touch, uh, I mean, Lionsgate, all the big companies. This is an initiative that was set in place by the, the uh, Obama administration that got carried on by Biden. And I have a student that we just graduated high school that's going into the Utica program, and he's going to possibly be our first student to be part of that program. So we launched that in the uh, we launched that in the fall. So I don't know, you know what I'm saying? I'm seeing more young people, you know, do things, but I don't know what type of effect that we have. But we're just going to keep, you know, tilling the ground until we see, you know, until we see some evidence. Man, I, I don't know how you made it through that conversation. <laughs> I told you, man, it almost kills me every time, man. It really do. It really does. Wow, man, that's a... you know, you know, and I don't, I want, I don't want to take up, take you from your question, but the reason why it touches me so hard was that particular day I wanted to quit. Mm. That particular day on set, man, I almost quit. It was that hard. It was that hard, and you know, and and it almost didn't happen. But to now see what was the fruit of that, it makes it all worth it. Wow. That is amazing. That is amazing. Wow. Okay, now I'm trying to get myself together after that one. Because <laughs> uh, I don't know what I would do if, if, if someone came back to me and said, I am this person because of you. Yeah, man. I, yeah, yeah. I'm like, look, y'all, just give me 30 minutes. Just give me 30 minutes. Because <laughs> that, wow. I mean, that's one of the reasons I became an, an educator because I started working with young people because I was thinking, okay, I'm going to write this script. And instead of working at a bar somewhere that you cliche, you know, hear about the cliche in Hollywood, I started working with young people. And the high I got off of it, working with them and, and showing them sort of what they can become. Cause I know in education, now I'm going, no, I'm going off on a tangent right now, but in education, we like to talk about the achievement gap, mm -hmm. but I like to talk about the hope gap. Oh, right. So when kids can see what they can become, mm -hmm. they're going to put in the work. Right. And that's why I became an educator. So kids can understand that their life does not uh, end at their neighborhood or whatever current circumstances there are that there's a whole big world out there that it is yours for the taking. So uh, if I ever have a kid come back, tell me something like that. I'm like, look, you had to give me 30 minutes to compose compose myself because I don't know if I'm going to make it right now. Yeah, she uh, tested my gangster that day. Well, she almost got me that day, man, for real. <laughs> so earlier you mentioned, you know, TikTok. Mm. And we're seeing the film industry go through a lot of changes uh, with digital. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when Warner Brothers... First started HBO Max, uh, which is now Max. I can't believe they did that to their name. But they had this thing of we're going to release movies at the theater and we're going to re release them just on our platform. And then, of course, Netflix is really, you know, Netflix and uh, Amazon, they really doing it because they're getting these big Hollywood actors in movies that don't ever go to the theater. They go straight to the streaming channel. And then we're seeing a lot of uh, filmmakers who uh, Soderbergh did did one, uh, but they're they're making movies with, with iPhones now. So the the game is changing a lot compared to what it used to be in that traditional sense of how they shoot movies. Um, where do you see or how do you think these trends are going to influence the film industry and what opportunities that they may have uh, to to filmmakers and maybe change how uh, film festivals are, are now conducted? Well, you know, um, I think I saw the numbers today. I think that 39% of people are streaming now and 31% is on cable. So um, it, it's definitely changing. I think like 11 is network now. I mean, it is, it is streaming is king at the moment. Streaming is king. And I don't see them releasing that, that chokehold anytime soon. 
I think the changes have made this more of an opportunity for more people, you know, because mm -hmm. it's cheaper. You know, like when you were talking about doing stuff on 16 millimeter, it was just it was just ridiculously expensive. You know, digital has made this affordable to a lot of people. And now the folks using iPhones, I mean, you got a phone, you got a camera in your hand. <laughs> you just got to know how to use it. I think how this has changed, I think it makes it more competitive. Uh, and and also the, the the volume of material that's out there, we don't watch television the way we used to watch television. You know, like when I grew up watching Sanford and Son, I could watch those same episodes over and over and over again. You know, I knew them by heart. You know, and I get, didn't get tired of watching. But now I even look at myself. I'll binge watch a series, and I'm like, well, what's next? I don't want to go back and watch it, and you know, because I feel like, okay, what's next? You know, and it's almost like. We have this pattern where entertainment is so disposable. You know, it it comes quick and we go through it quick and then we're on to the next thing. I I do see some, I, I do have some concerns about that and how we watch entertainment because I, it still costs to make it, but how we just quickly devour it. I I think with anything, festivals and TV, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to adjust with the consumer. And however, the consumer, and that's one of the things that we teach as independent filmmakers is you're also an entrepreneur. And by being an entrepreneur, you know, you got to realize that you're serving the community. You have to also be in mind for you. It's your art, but you got to say, okay, let me, if you want to stay a true artist, then you're going to have to cultivate your community. And you're going to have to cultivate that community based upon your interest if you want to stay true to your art form. You know, there are some people out there, they say, you know something, I'm going where the money is. You know, whatever, if this is what they into, if they into zombies, then I'm going to put zombie pictures out there. Now, that may not strike a chord with purists, you know, because purists feel like you might be selling the game out. <laughs> but purists are going to have to realize if you want to survive, you can stay pure, but you better you better invest the time in cultivating your uh, your environment. I think where film is now is probably early 90s, uh, music industry. Mm. Uh, how when Master P was up there talking about just give me a distribution deal, that's where we are with film now. You know, it's like you're gonna have to do it independence. I think you're gonna this is gonna be the rise of the true independence. I think those deals with Hollywood, the writing's been on the wall for some time now. You're gonna have to evolve or you're gonna get left behind. Mm. <clears throat> that's all right. That's all right. I, I'm like I'm loving the streaming because as you mentioned, I see where because of so many streaming platforms now that they need more content than ever. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, wow, there's a lot of great opportunities for people to actually do that. And then when you mentioned the entrepreneurial side, where if I have my own equipment, I can make my own stuff. And if need be sell it from my own website as a, on a, on, on a streaming platform and not have to even worry about, getting that distribution deal if I cultivate my community as you were talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, we just we just did some Sunday and brilliant young filmmaker by the name of Christopher Winfield. Uh, his project will be premiering uh, at the festival. Uh, CNN is coming down to cover it. But he's done a lot with the streaming with Tubi. Uh, he's done a lot with uh, BitMEX, you know, these different outlets that they're called aggregators that he can actually put his stuff out there. And he did a, a brilliant workshop uh, Sunday about talking about how can the independent filmmaker take advantage of Film Hub, which is a film aggregator, and these other different aggregators to, to be able to control their own project and market and get some of those profit shares. And I have done my own screenings and which I figured out, you know, it's just like a business, man. You like you rent a space, you rent you rent the theater, you market, you sell tickets. You know what I'm saying? You have all these accessories, TVs, book. I mean, T-shirts, books, and you have to treat it like a business if you want to continue to keep doing this. And knock on wood, it's all I've been doing for the last seven eight years. Wow, I'm just I'm still sitting here in awe <laughs> of you and, and and the work that you are doing, man. I'm just like wow. I'm so proud, so proud. Well, you know, uh, man, I would be remiss if I if if I give anyone the opinion that I'm doing this on my own. I have a wonderful team, you know, Candace Love Jackson, Esther Young. You know, Esther uh, is our CFO, and she also is the director of the gala, the Black Tie Gala, which is the culmination of the festival, which is a Oscarish 
type of festival, man, black tie. You know, our nonprofit is called Sorpreneur. So all of this is funneled through our nonprofit. And if it wasn't for people who are partnering with what we're doing, getting behind what we do, and I say this all the time, dreamers don't finance visions, believers do. And mm -hmm. we are grateful that we have some believers, but we, we could always take some more because what we're trying to do, we're not just trying to get in the film industry, man. Look, I, I have no aspirations of going to Hollywood. I have no aspirations of being recognized one day as a, a Hollywood elite. I could care less. But if I could be responsible for these kids getting their handprints and footprints put on that, that, that walk of fame, if I could get, they, get them an Oscar, I feel like I've served my purpose, man. You know, I'm, I'm cool with it. My life would be complete. I hear you. I hear you. And where you're going and what you're talking about, they don't need to either. I mean, nah. you, you mentioned Master P, uh, P. Diddy, mm -hmm. Jay-Z. They all created their own and they just had a distribution deal uh, with a company to get their stuff out. But they created it and owned everything that they put out. Right. And, and so when I look at that, I'm like, because... Uh, if you've been listening to the podcast, people, you know this is a business podcast for educators, <laughs> right? So that whole entrepreneurial thinking about how can I own what I do and with everything going on with digital, this is why I, I believe we get away from the gatekeepers, right? Because I don't, I don't have to write a script now mm -hmm. and go to Warner Brothers or go to Disney and say, hey, let's greenlight this thing. I can do this myself. And then use these different avenues to get it out to people and make the money and own what I own my stuff and not having to give it away to someone else. So you mentioned different aspects and different things that are going on with the film festival. You have these master classes, um, mm -hmm. acting, screenwriting, pitching, and you mm -hmm. have these people actually from Hollywood <laughs> out here doing this thing, right? Like, how did you get them to come to Mississippi to do this work? And how can the film festival continue to thrive and offer unique experiences to people? Well, I, I've been blessed, man. You know, um, you know, I, uh, a mentor told me this one time, he said, you know, if you take care of God's people, God take care of you, you know? And what I've done, because I really believe in my heart, Mississippi is the greatest place of untapped talent in the world. I, I don't just say that I believe it. I believe it with everything that's in me. So when I'm out in places and people are seeing my work or they're hearing my name, I'm always saying Mississippi. So Ashley McFarland, she's a vice president of development and now original content for WeTV and All Black. She and I had a relationship. She did a master class for me a couple of years back. And, you know, Quincy Jones said you make friends before you need them. And, you know, so I asked her, what is it that you always wanted to do? She said, you know, I would love to do a pitch camp. You know, it's been my dream for 15 years to do it. I said, we can do it in Mississippi and it'll be cheaper. And I'm telling you, it'd be better than anything you can do by yourself. We had no idea how we was going to do this. So she's like, really? I said, yeah, why don't you just give us a try? Just give us one try to do it. And she did. And we did it last year. So this year, she, she as soon as it was over, she booked for next year. Wow. She booked for next year. She bringing her family down. She was like, look, I love Mississippi. She's like, this place is beautiful. Uh, you know, she has some roots here, of course, because everybody comes from Mississippi, man. And uh, Tania Stewart, you know, Dean Emeritus of the theater department for uh, Alabama State, she was Miss Jackson State. So Mississippi is not, you know, she lived here. So it's not a strange place. But, you know, God bless that we created a relationship. You know, I love her like a mom. She loves me like a son. And she was just like, she's been there every step of the way. And just, she comes every year to be a part of this. She she reaches out to people for us. And, you know, and, and the good thing is, man, I tell people, I may not have this, this wealth, but people trust me. You know, if you, you're never going to know, you're never going to have to wonder where I stand on something. You know, word is bond. You know, I can look you in the eye and I'm going to tell you like it is. You know, if I ain't got it, I'm going to tell you I ain't got it. So you ain't got to guess. And what I found out about these people who are quote unquote celebrities, they are, they are drawn to that because that's something that they don't typically have. They don't have people shooting it to them straight, man. 
So when you have these Palmer Williams and these Shirley Murdochs and these different people, you know, who I, I'm fortunate to have relationships with, it's because that that training that we got coming from, you know, Mississippi, man, that, that Mississippi is stepping up, you know, being a man of your word and doing what you say. So we're leveraging these experiences because we built great relationships and the festival, because they see the work, not me talking about it, but they see the work, it makes them buy in. Wow, that is amazing. Look, I want you to come to my school, uh, hey, absolutely. school, school district, because we have a digital media program here. Mm -hmm. I want you to come talk to these kids about, hey, what they can do with film. Because uh, I know they have the interest to get into that CTE program, but where is it going to take them? Because, you know, just like your daughter, you say your daughter came to you about this. A lot of us in Mississippi, the first thing we think we are going to get this degree, film, acting, broadcasting, uh, or even another area, the first thing you think is, I got to get out of Mississippi or to work. <laughs> right, 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 right. And so now to be able to, to say, you know what, I can stay here and I can do the work that I wanted to do. That That is awesome. Mm -hmm. um, I'm telling you, boy, I, I, I'll... <laughs> I'm glad we ain't in person because I. I'm <laughs> no, nah, man, let it out, man. Let that love out, man. Because I'm like, you are just, you just doing it. Because this is, this is, again, it's fantastic. Because I, you know, when I got out of film school, I didn't see any avenues. I didn't know that the the Mississippi had a film com film commission. Uh, I didn't know that I could do this. Now, at the time, also, I graduated a long time ago, so. The digital wasn't like an option. It was, I mean, I was trained in shooting, you know, on film and that's what I was doing and it was expensive. And I was like, man, you know, that whole thing of of making it meant I had to go to New York or I had to go to California and to now where these kids have this opportunity and the reality of like we can do this. And I really want our state again be like that Georgia where you see all these TV shows and then at the end it's like brought to you by you know Georgia uh film commission and all that stuff. I, I want to do that. I mean, you know, Steve Harvey ain't got to get all the all the love with these TV shows <laughs> that he producing over there. We need something to come over here as as well because I mean, you know, that creates other jobs because now restaurants and hotels and if and if you smart like big boy did he said you know i know i'm a rapper but you know what i'm do i'm gonna make some of these these um these trailers that these actors kind of kick it in on the set i'm gonna create a, a trailer a trailer business but not even do that and i'm like i'm like come on now all these jobs that can be created by really creating that that footprint here in mississippi i'm just like i'm i'm I'm, I'm excited. You're going to make me try to do something. Right <laughs> I hope now. so. But, but I need you. That's the part that you ain't getting. I, I don't. Okay. Let's talk about the festival. The yeah. festival came about because the city of Jackson came to me and said, hey, we like your work. Let's screen your work at this thing called Tech Jackson. So they screened, my, they screened my project. You know, then the next year they came back and they said, hey, we want to screen your stuff again. And I'm like, you know, I appreciate it, but there are other folk out here. Why don't we why don't we create like a little festival or something, you know, to get other folk a chance to shine, you know, because it ain't just me. And they were like, and you know, they were like, good, go make it happen. You know, so <laughs> uh, so the first year it was the Tech Jackson Film Festival with the city. But you know, when you're dealing in politics, that's just you make strange bedfellows. Uh funding was, you know, you know, you got all this bureaucracy trying to get funding. So we decided in 2020 that we was just gonna step, 2021 we was gonna step out on our own. You know, so it happened, you know, and so the festival was really me and Candace first started now saying, hey, let's create other opportunities for other people. Because the problem was the film community is not big enough. Mm. That's the problem. We don't have enough filmmakers, you know, and, you know, because let's say if one person shoots from here, that ain't going to make people rush here. But if you get a, 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 a Walter Payton, a Jerry Rice to come out. You know what I'm saying? If you start getting a couple of folks, they were like, wait a minute, what's going on in the water down there? Let's go down there and see what's happening. So that's been my plan. Let's build the community here 
so we can get noticed and we can also be an encouragement to one another. Now, uh, with that being said, I had no experience in film. I mean, I had no formal education. I had no contacts. I had no, listen, I had about as much chance of being an astronaut as I had being a filmmaker. But I was so ignorant. I was ignorant to what I couldn't do. But what I did know was I had hard work and I knew what excellence looked like. So we jumped in there, man. We got thrown into the deep end world. And my first film was my film too. And it's nothing like what the lessons you learn on set. Set taught me everything. It was, and I was already an entrepreneur. So I'm bringing the hustle to this. So I didn't come in with a dependent mentality like, okay, this person got to put me on. I came in like, yo, you got to go get it out the mud yourself. And that was just a perfect marriage for independent film. And that's what I try to teach everyone else. It's like, okay, ain't nobody coming to save us. Nobody. So if ain't nobody coming to save us, what we got to do to make it? And that's just the mentality I've taken to it. Wow. Wow. That is... That is all right. I'm hoping that more schools, well, we know at the K through 12 that digital media is part of the CTE curriculum. But when you think about that film school experience at the university level where, you know, yes, you are um, spending some extra coin on the equipment and all that such but you don't pay for the big stuff because they already have the cameras, right? They already have the editing equipment. They already have the software. They already have uh, locations on campus because that's when I made my movie. You know, I reached out to to community like some people. I said, "Hey, will you be some of my actors? Will you be on my, be on my on my uh, in my movie?" Like, yeah. Well, oh, by the way, can I shoot at your apartment? And uh, my my advanced cinematography film. I shot it at Nina's apartment. Oh wow! Wow. Yeah. I saw. I said, yeah. So I shot that at her, at her apartment, and I shot it uh, at the building Southern Hall, where the film program was located at the time. And then I shot it at one of my actors' apartment. And so I was like, okay, getting all this, these look, this little, this little free locations, mm -hmm. uh, but having access to all of those things, it, it was just an experience to say, you know, wow. And I'm, I want more. And this is why you know, throw this out to you, given the work that you're doing, and then, you know, looking at some of the universities we have here, and a lot of them will have that broadcast program, right. For, for TV, but that true film program that's about teaching you how to shoot, how to edit, how to write a script, right? And all of the work that goes into it and, and teaching you about, you know, how to then maybe, you know, take this idea and put it out there. What are you seeing that is happening? Because we've spoke briefly before about uh, Utica and what they got going on. But what are you seeing at the university level that can be used as a training ground for young Mississippi filmmakers? Um. When I did my first film, I had a kid who had graduated from Howard Film School, and he was coming to ask me for a job. And what I noticed is that a lot of the kids, when they graduate, the way they've been trained mentally is that if if you don't get a job, if somebody don't hire you, that's the end of your film career. You know, and that's the most discouraging thing that I see. You know, I told that brother, I'm like, you know more about this technically than I do. You know, you've been You've been classically trained, per se. Uh, I think if if I could do something different, I would really like to push apprenticeship programs through their independent studies. Mm. If if they could get, because even if your route is to get a job with Hollywood, they're not going to hire you based off your degree. They're going to they're gonna hire you based off your body of work. They're going to hire you based off real-world experience. So I think the independent studies program should be more geared they should create an independent study that they're actually making projects in, in real time, in real world that they're doing. Because that's going to give them a more leg up to either get a job or teach them how to do this on their own. Those are the changes that I would like to see because they're being trained in the techniques, 
but the mentality that they're giving is, is kind of one of a dependent one. And, and it worked if you were going to Hollywood, but now as independent filmmaking is emerging, it finds them out of place. Mm. Well, that's the entrepreneurial thinking coming into play because a lot of jobs that <laughs> we go to school for, teach you to go get a job, to go work for somebody right. and not to turn around and create a job for yourself. Uh, right. Which, you know, that even though I work for a school district, I enjoy the work that, that I'm doing. My thinking is different because I understand and working for someone, they can let me go whenever they want to let me go. Yeah. And so I'm always looking at our other opportunities where whether it's consulting or creating products and always thinking that I don't own this job. So for me to like hold on to it like it's mine, it doesn't make any sense. So always thinking, what can I do to create other opportunities for myself? And if necessary, if there's something other out, other out there that's better or better serves me, you know, walk away and walk away without feeling guilty about doing that. And I'm not bashing jobs. It's just that film, the circles are so small anyway that, okay, When films come here, they have to have a cosmetology department, right? Mm-hmm. You have. They, the, there was a film in Natchez. They find people in from Atlanta to do hair. You have all those cosmetologists in Natchez. You mean to tell me not one cosmetologist can do hair? So it's so cliquish that they keep you out because they're trying to keep their buddies in. And they're not giving you a fair shake. So that's the problem. So what we're trying to do, and this is what I need the help of educators. If if a man can build a house, he can build a film set. If a woman can decorate a house, she can be a set designer. If if a person can do hair and makeup for themselves, they can definitely do it on a film set. And if you if a if a if you got an electrician that can wire a nuclear plant, he can be a gaffer. Yes. So we need educators to come in and help make these nuances in the training so these people can see that this is actually an option. And that's what I need help from educators because if you teach it in the classroom, you most definitely teach on film set. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. That is all right. So looking forward, what are your hopes? Because I know you're, you're, you're talking about really cultivating the talent and creating an industry here where people are actually creating exposing, collaborating, working together and creating that industry where we are independent and self-sufficient outside of that big system that we we know that has dominated uh, the film industry forever. What are some of those big hopes that you have, particularly when we're talking about young people coming up and creating that film ecosystem where people are having those dreams? Because it's one, you know, a lot of people, you know, you may watch a movie or you may listen to a music or you may see some experience. You go, man, I would like to like to do that for a living or do that for my life. And then you see that may be so big a dream that is out of your reach. But to have this, what you're creating now, people can see I can. You, this is a possibility. Yes. For me, right, and 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 when you think about all of this work that you're doing, uh, what are some of these big, hairy goals uh, that you have? And if you can share with us some initiatives that you have coming up in the future, we I have two big goals that I'm trying to accomplish here in the future. Um, I want to create 100 filmmakers in the next seven years, and I want to create this festival that is a regional festival to the point that it can start to be spoken in the same sentence with South by Southwest. Those are my two major goals, two hairy, <laughs> that I want to happen. Uh, some of the initiatives that we got, we've already started the first cohort of filmmakers. We got about 20 people that we're starting to train and they are literally coming on set and learning with me. It's like an apprenticeship program. So we've started the first initiative. We're going into our third year, third in-person year with the festival. By year five, we're looking to really turn the corner. 
and become really, you know, on that regional map, map. It could happen this year if the stars line up, but we have a five-year plan to really turn the corner in year five. So we uh, – the biggest thing that we did in the first five years, even for, the, you know, up until now, is building hope. So what you're saying is giving me an indication of, okay, we've been, we're, we're making success in that way. How do you build hope like this is possible? If we could just get people saying this is possible. So now my, my shift is going to taking. So we go from hoping to taking. And what I plan on doing in the taking is getting more aggressive, getting more confined as far as getting securing projects to either be filmed here that our production company and nonprofit funds or, you know, are overseeing. And by there, getting projects and getting it on network television, getting projects, getting it in streaming, or getting projects that get theatrical success from just what we do. And if you do that, you can't, you can't lie, you can't deny numbers. You can't deny success. You can't deny finished product. So we've been on board of being building hope. Now we're trying to say, let's build some aggression. And let's start taking some stuff. That's all right. Woo! I'm filled today, people. I'm filled today. Thank you, uh, Maximus, for coming on the show. Oh, man, thank you for having me, man. You are welcome. This is all right. I'm telling you, you need to go teach class at. I mean, I know you're doing a whole bunch on, on got a whole bunch on your plate, but you know, it'd be awesome to see you at Tougaloo teaching a film class. Uh, we, you know, we, I would love to do that. You know, uh, we have entertained the thought, you know, since I'm not doctor, you know, I'm not like the great Dr. Will, but uh, they have been talking to me about work experience that I could actually, you know, because I have work experience that I could possibly teach on some campuses. I would love an opportunity. That'd be, that'd be, uh, be awesome. Cause uh, it's a great, you know, it is a great institution, but it's, Still very much traditional uh in how things operate. So uh yeah. I would love to see a film pro film program emerge uh on the campus. Uh because it you know it was one of the greatest experiences of my life. I told people that who I am today doesn't happen from being at Tougaloo, from seeing just all of that genius around me and the genius looks like me. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. You know, Without that that I mean, I went to USM, like you couldn't tell me nothing. <laughs> you know what I'm You couldn't tell right. me I couldn't, couldn't make nothing happen. Right. Uh, you know, and then when I moved to Boston, the same thing, you know, I, I, I ran into a situation where someone told me I was arrogant because they told me, are you nervous? And I was like, no. Like, why should I be nervous? I'm qualified. You know what I'm saying? I didn't, right. Right. I didn't come here to play with y'all. <laughs> uh, but again, that came from, you know, again, being on that campus with the professors, with the students and just being told that you're great, that you're awesome, that, you, you know, you, and to have Candace and Esther were both two balloons. Yes. We all, we were all, you were part, I think we came in in 92, right? In yep, says there. So, so yeah. So to have that all together at that time, when people come and say, how many folk are doing this? We say three. And they were like, there's no way in the world three people are doing this. I'm like, no, nah, but we three two balloons. That's different. <laughs> that's different. You know what I'm saying? That's that's different. You know, even though we got some more help this year, but all the work you've seen have come, it's come from that mindset that you got a two Why can't we do it? And if we do it, why can't we be the best? We, we were expected to be the best. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So that's that's where this comes from. It comes from that. Those hollow grounds, man, where you had all that genius around you. And like I said, I knew what excellence looked like. I might didn't know how to make the calls on the set, but I knew what, what the end product should look like. I know what it should feel like. And that came from Tulu. That's some Dr. Ward's classes, man. You know, I was surrounded by great writing. We just had to find a new format. So, yeah, man, you get it. Yes, you sir. Yes, sir. It was, oh, my goodness, boy. It was a fall child. Thank you. Thank you again for coming on the show. And people, hey, y'all gonna love, y'all gonna love, y'all gonna love this episode for real. And, I, and I'm looking at the dates over here. I'm, and uh, I'm gonna go show the, take it to the wife. Because um, this is looking, 
This is looking nice over here. Yeah, man. Like, yeah. July 23rd through the 28th, man. We got something every day, man. We have the WIS screening on the 23rd. That's Sunday. We have a panel discussion on the 24th. Free screenings the 24th through the 26th at the Fondren, uh, at uh, the Capri in Fondren. Uh, the pitch camp is the 25th through the 27th. I got a screenwriting class on the 25th. We even got a draft day, man. The draft day, and I know we're running out of time, but the draft day is for athletes who want to be in shows like All American, Bel Air, and Swagger. Wow. They can get a job being background because they want kids that move like athletes. So Neil Stewart is doing an action, doing an acting master class on the 28th and the Black Tie Gala on the, on the 28th. So it's action packed the whole week, man. It's friend friendly, a lot of free events. Man, y'all definitely, you and your wife come on down. Y'all gonna have a great time. Awesome. I appreciate it. We're gonna put that information also in the show notes. Uh, so when you go check out this podcast, you'll see this information. Uh fly on down. Uh if you're if if you're far and drive if you're close. Because uh, <laughs> I'm excited, I'm definitely excited about this. Uh people, so you know how I do this. This podcast episode is gonna be an Apple Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Simplecast, Stitcher, Spotify, and Audible. I need you to subscribe and to share with your network. And though I'm on all major podcast platforms, I need you to subscribe and to give it a listen because Apple Podcasts does check that out. So give me some reviews and some stars because your boy's trying to be found and your boy's trying to get Oprah on the show <laughs> so we can so you know what we're doing, big things around here. I'm telling you, I got to have Billion Dollar Oprah on the show. Then I'm going to call it quits uh, when overcome. I'm like, tell the school district, I'm out. I got Oprah, y'all. I'm doing, doing my own thing now. Uh, but uh, I say it all the time. But I do want Oprah on the show because she is really, really doing it. And has shown us about creation and ownership. So I am definitely want Oprah to come on and, and, and drop some more gems. I'd like to thank my guest, Maximus Wright, for coming on and dropping so many gems. So for you for checking out another episode of the Dr. Will Show, the mobile university of entrepreneurs. As always, people, invest in you. EDU, peace.